You're listening to Dedication. Fans remember the Bay City Rollers on TD1 Radio.
And that was Alison Krauss with Natalie McMaster on fiddle with the beautiful Get Me Through December. This is the hour where we usually have a guest DJ. This week, we are dedicating this hour to all of us who have lost and are missing a loved one this holiday season. Tonight, we are remembering our dear friend, Mo Farrington, with excerpts from our podcast that we did with her in 2020. Hello, Mo. Thank you for talking with us today. That's okay. It's a pleasure. Um, this is not something I've ever done before, but funnily enough, um, 
um, after I posted the Melville Castle plates to you, I also posted two, one to Karen and one to Eric. Oh. I thought they should have some, but I do have some left. If anybody wants to buy one, that's fine. I have a few. But Melville Castle and the Bay City Rollers, how it actually happened, I haven't the faintest idea. Possibly because Stuart, as in Woody, lived up in Fairmile Head, which is about five miles up the road. Maybe they'd heard of it from there. But anyway, they decided to give it a whirl. The fact that they decided to do that at 11 o'clock at night on a winter's night, I think it was in December, hmm. um, fine. They knocked on the door, I answered it, took one look at them and thought, who the hell are they? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd never seen such a, a strange bunch of young men in my life. And uh, uh, so they, I think it was Eric that said, we're looking for some rooms for the for tonight, the night, and I welcomed them in. I was actually just about to leave with some of the staff because Melville Castle sits in a valley. It's called the Esk Valley. Okay. And if you want staff, you have to go and get them at the top of the road um, when they, they get off the bus. And at night time, there are no buses, so you have to take them home. And oh. so that was what I was about to do when these guys turned up in this scruffy old blue van. <laughs> And so that was the start of the story. I didn't know who they were until one of the girls, her name was Lorraine uh, Fraser, got very excited. She knew who they were and she's bouncing up and down trying to tell me and I'm saying, be quiet, let me get on with this. <laughs> so once I, once I deposited the boys up in the West Wing, um, I just left them to it. I don't know if they realised they'd been left all alone in the castle, but they had. And I took all the staff home and I didn't see them again until the next morning.
So 11 o'clock at night, five, five boys are at their front door looking for lodgings. <laughs> yeah, five scruffy boys of an age group that you would think, uh, I'm not very sure about this. But anyway, that's how it started. And, and it became and it came, became like a retreat for them, didn't it? Because people didn't really know about well, it. Well, it did. You see, nobody ever gave them away. And I think that's probably the best part of the story, the fact that they were so famous at that time and my staff were all got together for a staff meeting and I said, right, guys, this is going to go one of two ways. And I'm telling you now, if any one of you gives them away, you're fired. Mm. Oh, wow. That was the rule. Um, they have found this place and they need somewhere to just be themselves and just wander around just like anybody else. And they need the protection and it's our job to protect them and make sure that nobody ever finds them here and nobody ever did. Mm. Oh, that's amazing. It wasn't, wasn't until you lot all started talking about it. Um, it's been a secret all these years. Wow. Yeah. A very good kept, very well kept secret. Yeah, that that would not happen today with, with Twitter and social media. That would not happen today, I don't think. I think it would. The only thing that ever happened was Lorraine Fraser, the same girl. One day I caught her parading around on the lawn, getting her photograph taken, wearing one of the boys' suits. I don't know which one it was. Uh, and I said to her, I'm telling you, you're on thin ice here. Get the suit off. Get it back to wherever you found it and don't do that again. And she never did. Mm. As of today, you know, if that had happened today, all mobile phones would have been banned, etc., etc. I would have done everything I could. In my job today, I meet a lot of very famous people, but you'll never know who they are because I won't tell you. Yeah. Discretion. It's That's a fine thing. Fun. It's a rare fine thing, isn't it, <laughs> these days? Well, what is it they say? Loyalty is the measure of true friendship. Absolutely. And, uh, the boys always knew that. I mean, I never even had my photograph taken with them. Wow. Because I thought I felt that it was the wrong thing to do. And I was looking through this album you sent me. Mm. And there are only, there's a picture there of Fritjof and my back. I'm wearing a blue jacket with a, a furry collar. That's the only picture that ever features me at all. Oh, is that right? Oh, no. Mm. Yep. Never had it done. Didn't do it. Didn't think it was the right thing to do. And, uh, but I'm looking at these pictures here and they're absolutely super pictures. The carriages, they all came from Norway and they were known as Landau's. And the horses that were featured were Fritjof, the foal who is Tysa. They're also standing in front of Mary Queen of Scots, Spanish chestnut tree. Oh, which yeah. Which is down near Lord Melville's house. Mm. And then they're in the, the rest of the pictures are taken in the stable courtyard. Alan, as you can see, is very, very comfortable with the horse. Um, the others, not quite so, because he was a farmer. He He's very relaxed with the horse. Yeah. And they are super-duper photographs. I think it was one of the few times that Leslie was actually there. The rest of the time, he was not. Why is that? Because I picked him out. Yeah. Being rude. I kicked him out. I kicked him out for being unruly, rude, difficult, um, and not behaving himself properly. So he got kicked out. Really, even um, back then. Back then. Wow. I, I I I wasn't prepared to put up with it, and I think secretly the boys were quite pleased as well. That's very interesting. Hmm. 
Hmm. He was a naughty boy for sure, even back then. He was just, um, he was a bit of a show-off. And uh, because he was famous now, he thought he could just do what he likes, as some famous people do. And I was for telling him, well, you're in my place, my house, my rules. Piss off.
Um, do you have any um, stories that stand out? Fun stories? Well, we used to go around the back and shoot rats, river rats. Oh. <laughs> Four o'clock in the afternoon, it was usually Eric and me, sometimes Stuart, and we, right down by the river, we had a big stone uh, fire thing that we built for uh, burning trash, as you would put it. And around about four o'clock in the afternoon, the rats would come up from the riverbank. All rivers have rats. And they would come along to see if there was some nice, tasty morsel for them to eat. Maybe a <laughs> bit of haggis left over or something like that. Anyway, and so we would just stand and wait. And then they would jump up onto the top of the bricks and we would shoot them and they would just fall in the fire. And they yes. thought that was great fun. And it, well, it, has, it actually it was quite good fun. <laughs> and, uh, so we would do, we would do that. Um, other things, uh, I gave them the house at the top of the drive. There's a, a, we call them gatehouses to mm -hmm. big estates. Mm -hmm. And they were looking for somewhere to practice. And because there were other guests in the hotel, that wasn't going to work. So what we did was we gave them the house at the top of the drive, which I lived in at that point. I moved out and let, went down to the hotel, gave them the, the gatehouse so that they could set up all their equipment and practice in there and nobody knew that they, they were there. Oh, wow, that's perfect. Yeah, they could make as much noise as they liked. Yeah, not disturb anyone.
Well, you did tell us in our pre-interview about some Norwegian teenage girls who were in Edinburgh for the uh, tattoo. Well, every Norwegian school has a children's orchestra. Mm -hmm. And this one was from Bergen. They, they were sent over to the Edinburgh Tattoo. Well, we'd housed a Norwegian children's orchestra before, and they vary from about maybe 12, 13 years old to maybe about 16, 17. And there could be as many as 50, 60 of them. Mm. So the rollers were number one in Norway at that time. And we had to really think it through. So what we did was we cordoned off the West Wing, which had five bedrooms in it. Well, that was fine. Yeah. And it also had a back staircase, which would travel right up and down the whole building. So they could actually go all the way up to the roof if they wanted, or they could go all the way down into the basement, down through the dungeons, along the corridors, past the wine cellars, up into the kitchens and out the back door. Without ever so being seen. Pardon? Without ever being seen, you mean? No, nobody would see them. Yeah, that's amazing. Just us. Just us. And they could come down to the kitchen if they were hungry and they would stand and talk to the chef through the hatch and tell them what they wanted and they would sit at a big kitchen with a huge big kitchen table and they could sit there and eat and nobody bothered mm. with them and they didn't bother they were quite at home they felt very much at home oh that's so nice and so uh, they would do that and they could hear the orchestra practicing in the great big drawing room on the first floor but the girls didn't know they were there so this went on for about a week, I think. And uh, I said to the boys, hey, listen, this has been such fun for, for, for you and for the girls. How about we give them a farewell? Um, so we organized what we were going to do. And they said, yeah, that's no bother. And so I got on the bus and yes, uh, so um, it's not a problem for me. So I announced to the, the girls that um, because they'd been so well behaved and we'd had such fun with them, we had an extra super duper surprise for them. But as it will become obvious, we're going to have to lock the bus door. <laughs> and I asked the driver if he would do a sort of circular tour in slow motion so that all the girls with their cameras could take pictures of what I was about to show them. So once, once that was all organized, then I went into the hallway and I gave them a shout and I said, right, you're on boys. So we all walked out the front door. Well, I tell you, I thought the bus was going to go over on its side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Such excitement. They went wild. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> they were taking pictures and banging on the windows. And, I mean, the boys knew they were locked in the bus, so they knew that they couldn't come out and bite them. Right. <laughs> so uh, they were putting their hands on the windows, and the, the kids had their hands on the other side of the windows, and that was the closest they would get to touching a Bay City Road. And wetting themselves. <laughs> they, you know, they didn't rush. Nobody rushed them away or anything. They were there for, I would say, a good half hour. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, I love that. They were great with their time and they stood and they let them take pictures and the bus turned around and then the other ones got forward and they took pictures oh until eventually um, the boy said, right, I said, yep, that's it. So mm. we gave them a big wave and we all went back into the castle and I think it was Stuart said, well, that was a gas, wasn't it? I said, yeah, it was. Mm.
must have been sweet torture sweet torture for the girls <laughs> absolutely i mean personally i didn't see what they were getting so excited about but, but, but of course i was in constant contact with them all day every day and so you know and then stuart's mom and dad would come down and eventually we did stuart's mom and dad's i think it was their 25th wedding anniversary dinner at the castle with stuart's brother and the whole family and uh, that was a lovely thing to do oh, as yeah. well that, yeah that does sound well, wonderful well i used to go up to to joan and john's quite often because i uh, Stuart was looking for now i had a i don't quite remember how i had it but i had a 12 string guitar and Stuart said can i have that and i said yeah i'll just do your swap so i got his six string and he got my 12 string don't ask me why I had a guitar because I couldn't play it. <laughs> anyway, um, and I used to go up to the house and sit and drink tea with uh, Joan and John. And if they were doing a concert, they did a concert. Now, where was it? It was the Odeon in Edinburgh. And they did this concert. concert and we knew the uh, song list and everything. And so I, I went up and picked up Joan and John and his little brother. And we went up to the Odeon and... We couldn't hear a thing. Oh, oh yes. I, said, I, don't know why, I don't know why they're bothering singing because you can't hear them. Not a, <laughs> well, not a word. Anyway, we, we left five minutes before they were due to, to play their last song and we came down from the circle in the Odeon down the stairs into this foyer and all these bodies were lying all over the place with uh, St John's Ambulance Corps people uh, dealing with all these females that had fainted. I mean, really. Oh, yeah. Anyway, we stepped over all these bodies, and I looked at Joan and I said, you realize your son's responsible for this? She said, who would have thought as a wee laddie growing up that this would have happened? I said, well, quite.
in touch with them after all these years well obviously not less <laughs> but um no uh, no not less no I don't, we didn't stay in touch as such all these years how that happened was eric would send me postcards from all over the place and uh, i think you've they've got them on the site because i sent yeah i had them all in the yearbooks so i sent them off to karen yeah we have those but what happened was that i was I, I have a practice i'm a clinical hypnotherapist and I have a practice in Bridge of Weir. And I noticed in the local magazine that someone called Eric Faulkner was playing uh, in the Kilbarkin uh, community hall, something like that. And I thought, that can't be right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I thought, no, I've, I've got to go. So. Um, because I live an hour's, I live on the Ayrshire coast, so I thought, no, I've got to go. So I walked in that night, and there was this girl who I now know as Karen mm -hmm. sitting at the front desk, and I bought my ticket, and I said, um, 
is Eric here by any chance? And she said, yes, he's, he's getting ready through the back there. I said, well, we go way back. Um, and uh, I really would quite like to say hello to him for old time's sake. And she said, oh, well, I don't know about that. And I said, well, if you could go through and tell him that Mo is here and see what happens. I said, I haven't seen him for, oh, 20, 25 years because I didn't know where he was. She went, right, okay, okay. So I just stood there and she walked through and she obviously said it and the next thing I heard this screech. <laughs> you mean, Nemo, little Mo, really? And he comes bouncing out, takes one look at me, grabs me and goes, where have you been? I said, I could say the same, same thing for you. <laughs> so Karen said, you really do know him, don't you? And I said, well, yes. She said, I get it all the time, but um, this is quite unusual. So I was in the concert and it was wonderful to, to just sit there and listen to him doing um, what I call Eric Faulkner Unplugged. Absolutely, um, yeah. It was very, very good. Uh, it was great to reconnect with him. And uh, we did get something which was really, really nice. He oh. hasn't changed a bit. Here's a weed duck in Doris for the road, my friend. There's a warm welcome waiting here for you. Here's a hand, give my best to your kiss and kin. Don't be loud, it's great to see you, it was grand. So haste you back. Don't you be a stranger now May watch for you Never pass you by So haste you back There's a welcome here, my friend So haste you back Haste you back When we'll all sing together Sing our Pack a dram all together for the toes. Raise a glass to the fallen, to the brave and true. Raise a glass to our dear departed friends. So haste ye back, don't you be a stranger now. May was for you. Never pass you by So is she back There's a welcome here, my friend So is she back Is she back Then we'll all curse the blackguards In this cruel, cruel world We will talk of redemption come the day as we all sing together of a brave new world We will sing of our Independence Day So haste ye back Don't you be a stranger now May what's for you never pass you by So haste ye back 
there's a welcome here, my friend. So hitch ye back, hitch ye back, hitch ye back.
see when they stayed with me they were apart from leslie they were very down to earth very normal everyday boys who just wanted to play their music and write their songs there was never any scandal there was never any swift there was never never anything untoward mm. there was never ever anything and you know we would open the papers at breakfast because sometimes they would come down and sit at breakfast with me and we'd be sitting there reading all about the Bay City Rollers Hotel has been besieged by screaming girls at two o'clock in the morning <laughs> which was complete rubbish because they were all fast asleep in their beds and I was fast asleep in my bed the alarms were on and there was nothing happening that um, PR that yeah. PR machine never stopped though did it well, I think that was Tam Peters yeah. just keeping things rammed up. Of course it was. Um, you know, the uh, potato merchant that he is, maybe he was trying to sell some extra chips. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's it's so nice to hear that they did have some peace and respite from all of that noise, you know. They needed about Pardon? ten of you to take care of them, Mo. Pardon me? They needed about ten of you to, to take good care of them the way you did. I don't know, I mean... You could put them in the back seat of the car, stick a blanket over the top of them, drive them through the gates of the airport, straight to the plane, drive back out again. Nobody knew they were there. Everybody's standing out front waiting. Nothing's happening. They're on the plane. I'm on my way back down to the castle. Mm. Um, we, we, we treated it all very matter of fact, and we made it as easy and as peaceful as possible. And uh, it was a pleasure to be able to do that for them at the time. It really was. Well, we, we thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that.
Suze, that was such a lovely way to end this week's show. And I just want to say Mo was definitely a force of nature, and I loved that we kept in touch. I know how special she was to you. Uh, she really was. Um, she helped me through probably the most difficult and painful time in my life with the loss of my sister. Um, it's They say people come into your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. Yep. And it would have been a lifetime if she was still with us. She was just such a magnificent soul and she almost single-handedly I mean I had a lot of support but there was something about the way she helped me through that she was direct she didn't say everything was going to be okay right she really helped prepare me for the end and then to lose her so quickly after was was very sad but she was just a singular singular woman and, and I loved her what I kept thinking about was you know, people coming in. It's so funny that you should say that for a season or a reason. And wow. And that was, the, that was Mo. Yeah, definitely. You know? And, and she kind of did that for the Bay city rollers all those years ago at Melville castle. Absolutely. Of all the people they could have run into, you know, they ran into somebody who was going to be loyal and mama bear like with them about their, their privacy and, she, she really was a force of nature in all aspects of her life. That's for sure. Definitely. I will always miss her. Definitely. And, and I just want to say thank you to Mo for all the time you spent with us. And thank you to all of our wonderful listeners. Your requests and dedications fill our show with so much love. Mm -hmm.